I was recently in Iceland, and mm-hmm. we had kind of like the the opposite of the eternal sun or whatever, where it was just constantly dark yeah. the whole time we were there. Um, but we got to see the northern lights, which wow, is like super that's beautiful. Awesome. Oh my goodness! Was yeah. it like green? Like the, the it was like a faint ghostly yeah. green. Yeah, it was like wow. very ethereal and beautiful. I have never seen that. Uh, I've seen them because of where we're located. It's pretty far north, but not in like the like crystal clear like you see in like Iceland or like Murmansk and like the really northern parts. But I have some friends from Australia, New Zealand, and they talk about seeing the southern lights. And instead of it being the green like the northern lights, it's like yellow. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know the southern lights would be a different color. Why is that? I have no idea. Does anyone know? No idea. That is yeah. so yeah. bizarre. Oh my god. How would you like Iceland? I heard it's like an amazing country. I heard like there's so many awesome things to see, like nature and everything else. What'd you think? Yeah, I've never wanted to create a sheep faction for Root more <laughs> than <laughs> after visiting Iceland. There's a lot of sheep there? <laughs> so many. Oh wow. They're really cute. I mean they're like big and like gross and weird, but they're like really cute. <laughs> Whenever I think about Iceland, I think about the Icelandic soccer team, which Walrus Law, I know you're a big soccer Hell fan yeah. too. But I remember when they made their like Euro Cup oh, run, yeah. um, that like it was something like 15% of the country attended the yes. game. Yeah, yeah. Because everybody knows each other and it's such a small country and they all rallied around the team. I just thought that was amazing. It's insane. And when, when I think of like Iceland, um, I'm really big into like lifting and like sport. And, like, mm-hmm. you just, Iceland's known for its, like, power lifters. Like, these dudes are giants. Like, trolls, <laughs> for lack of a better word, like, in the huge sense. And, like, a lot of these, like, bodybuilder power lifters, they, like, work regular jobs. So, you just, like, this kindergarten teacher who's just a monster, <laughs> like, dealing with these little <laughs> kids. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It's not I, the body type that yeah. I, like connect with the t- the profession of yeah, kindergarten yeah. teacher but yeah. i do find that especially very cute and funny especially with your background waterman <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> maybe i should just get really yeah. buff over the summer and come back like really hulk and we'll do it together <laughs> well if you want to know who is uh getting bulk with waterman that is our guest for this episode the one the only walrus law hello hello yes yeah, great to have you. Uh, I did drunkenly promise you a spot on the show, and here I am making good on that drunken promise. We're here to recap the tournament final, and uh, I think if anyone truly played the winter tournament hard enough to get onto the show, it was you, Walrus. Even though neither of us won, spoiler alert, we did not win this tournament. That's true. But uh, thanks so yeah. much. It's great. It's a pleasure to be here. Really. Yeah, yeah. A legendary tournament run. I mean, I think that uh, it, it's yeah. going to live in root lore for ages. I hope so. I, hope so. <laughs> I mean, we are going to get into the nitty gritties of the games we played and especially the game we played against each other. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. before we do that, we do have some root news. Now, Waller Saw is getting a peek behind the curtain that Kyle's just making those sounds. <laughs> he, he was fooled all this time. Yeah, I was. Okay. Um, <laughs> I thought it was like some newscast or something. 
Absolutely. <laughs> you know, we just just the professionals here. All right. <laughs> um, all right. So we have a couple things in Root News. The first thing is that Root Jam is on. It is currently happening right now. In fact, recently the theme was revealed and the theme is it takes two. Just the two of us. Yeah, that's how Kyle and I are feeling without Jake today. Not Walrus is our guest, but Kyle and I are trying to pilot a whole show by ourselves. Ah, uh, that's uh, sorry. I'm trying not to feel like the third wheel, but we're going for it. No, you're our guest. <laughs> it's Kyle and I are trying to host a dinner party for you, and uh, Jake is the person who usually does this. So. Um, uh, we got all that ready. Also, a big update is that the Weird Root Tournament is on. The first game is this Saturday, May 7th. <laughs> Walrus, have you done any uh, uh, fan factions, anything like that? Um, I've played maybe a few games of Weird Root, and I really, really enjoy the Black Paw Bandits. That Endgamer, I think, was the one who came out with it. They're really fun. They're, they're crazy, and uh, I like them a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Endgamer's a great player. And yeah, I got to do more of these fan factions. I think we ha- we have to focus so much on the like content that's released and give people their strategy guides. But in my time, I'd love to mess with, you know, the the porcupine faction yeah. or the, you know, the the birds that deliver the mail. Those that's my number one to try. I haven't done those yet. It's weird because when you sit down to play a game of root and you know the like key the core faction or not just the core factions but all the factions you get used to them but then you sit down to like weird root and you're just looking at all the different options and the crazy mechanics that you can find and you're just like this is insane like uh, just give me the lizards or something man <laughs> i can't i can't handle this uh yeah also, give me something normal like the lizards yeah also what's really cool um i think slugface has some sort of agreement with Kyle Farron or he does something because a lot of his fan factions have art from Kyle Farron on them. Like, he's like frog wizard factions, like a frog and like a, well, you know, like the old Merlin from like Sword in the Stone kind of costume. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool looking. So I uh, highly recommend you guys check it out. It's There's some really yeah. cool stuff there. That's cool. Yeah, and all of that's on the mod, uh, which is, is fantastic. I know that... Um, yeah, Slugface and S's uh, Root Ultimate mod is uh, the number one place. I got randomly messaged on Discord. They were like, I'm, I'm with my friends. We're new to TTS and we're trying Root. And like the table is not comfortable is what, <laughs> is what this person <laughs> said to me. And I was like, what do you mean it's not comfortable? He's like, it just we can't play all the factions or whatever. I'm like, oh, no, you got to go to the Ultimate Root mod. <laughs> You're missing out. I got a message back from him four hours later. He's like, the table is very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. So there you have it. The most comfortable table like, on yeah. TTS. Slugface I know that's in, what they set out to achieve. Slugface modded in like the, the plush chairs, like beanbag chairs. And you just sit down and relax. <laughs> I'd love to game in a beanbag chair. That sounds be awesome. It'd awesome. be awesome. <laughs> Uh, next item on Root News. Root News is packed today, you guys. Uh, we have the E&P and the extra VBs on Root Digital. Woo! Awesome. It's here. It's final. Even though we just got done playing a whole tournament where the only deck you could use was Exiles and Partisans, for some reason it felt fresh this morning to turn on Root Digital and play with the cards that we've been playing with for the last few months. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I freaked out when I saw the art. 
like yeah. the, the cute art like in the hand of cards that i was dealt at the beginning of the game i was just like i love them i love mouse partisans so much he's hiding in that little barrel yeah i freaked out when the art didn't show up on the cards <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah i mean obviously it's launch day so there's a couple bugs they're really good about fixing things but walrus i read a comment that you but recently, were you saboteured someone's active dominance card? No, that was uh, Nev was playing Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> Shout out to Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, and yeah, he he, he mentioned that uh, he was like live, like basically commenting on like a game that he was playing, and the cats went dominance, and he just looked at his sabo and was like, "I can sabo the dominance card." <laughs> <laughs> that is wild. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, like dominance cards need that. You know, yeah. I'd stab on my own dominance card before I'd stab on someone else's. Can you imagine, like, the disappointment in some of those tournament games? It was like... I know. Oh, my God, guys. He's gone for the dominance! And the dude just goes, you've acted in my trap card. <laughs> <Sabo>. <laughs> what happens to their score after it gets saboed in the digital game? I was game? just going to say... You just got to go home. Pack up. You're done. <laughs> You're eliminated. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> You become tied with the person in last place. <laughs> like the anti-coalition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and our last piece of Root news is not about Root at all. It's about Leader Games' next game, Arcs, which I've got a lot of Arcs hype for. And that Kickstarter date has just been confirmed. It is May 24th. Awesome. Uh, all right. Walrus, are you a big uh, Kickstarter backer? Are you going to back Arcs? Uh... Before I relocated to Russia, mm -hmm. I was huge into Kickstarter. A lot of RPGs and stuff mm -hmm. I was really into. Mm -hmm. um, but now with like kind of delivery issues and kind of logistic stuff, I'm not doing it. But yeah, huge into Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. It's a great platform for creative outlets and ability to get a lot of IPs out there that probably you wouldn't do otherwise. It's awesome. Yeah. Are you hyped for arcs? Do you like trick taking and and the space theme? I'm super excited, if not for anything, but for the art and for the RPG that more that can probably be from Arc is like coming out with it. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Let's see it. I want to see space bugs and all this stuff that's gonna come out. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Dude, those Kyle Farron space bugs, I'm like, whatever that is, that's Absolutely. what I wanna be. Yeah. yeah. I will I will be uh yeah, whatever they need me to do, I will do what the space bugs tell me to do. Yeah, I'm a huge like space odyssey fan. So like Star Wars mm -hmm. and everything else, any kind of other type of like space odyssey IP like Firefly for example. So like you mm -hmm. see like that space bug in like the duster with like the you're like, Oh man, this is gonna be awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> That's great. <sighs> so cool. I, I will say Arcs is not um the like you know because all leader titles are like four letter words right yeah, That's right kind of the classic thing arcs is just like not a four letter word that i would have put at the top of the pack for a game but it works so well for this property i think yeah um, i think it's like about like story arcs yeah. right because you yeah. like play over a series of games and you're doing that i'm very excited to kind of see where the rubber meets the road because we can all see the the design streams and read the design diaries but we all know cole is ready to change his mind at any moment <laughs> He'll write a thesis on a choice and then he'll drop it in an instant, which I think is probably the best way to create, you know, but um, also, you know, I we did play test a little bit of the Marauders expansion and I realized I have like whiplash from that. Like I it's hard for me to like, oh, that's the rule. And I will like learn the rule and I'll never forget it. And then they're like, oh, no, forget that one. We've got new rules. 
that's hard for me personally. Yeah, kind of overwriting the mm-hmm. one you learn in kind of the beta or whatever. Mm-hmm. Very tough to do. <laughs> I actually played my first Marauders IRL game this last weekend uh, with a listener, Cameron. What up, Cameron? Um, and uh, we he kept doing those kind of things where he was like, oh, you can only loot if there's a building. And I'm like, no, that was a playtest rule, you know? And so it's like, it's still seeped in there. Um, so I don't know if I'm into playtesting games. I just like seeing everything as early as possible. I'm just impatient. <laughs> Sam just copies all the files. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we have for RIT News. Very nice. So I guess it's time to do the final tournament recap. I don't think that was ever the song. All right. We need to get like a soundtrack for you guys just with all these theme songs and like outros, intros. It'd be awesome. Kyle and I have... Uh, done a lot of musical theater we've released uh, albums of our musicals Kyle has uh, two albums he's released solo but we've never done it with just mouth sounds before and I, I think you're right Woodland War Machine the ultimate mouth sounds soundtrack that'd be awesome or at least have like a soundboard that you guys can record and just push the button yeah, yeah. get a yeah, ringtone yeah I think that's the way to go for sure yeah uh, alright so uh, in in the tournament there was just one game uh, it was the final, and I was in it, and mm. it lasted, and maybe people know where I'm going with this, too long. Um, it was four <laughs> hours. Uh, Walrus, I know you were in a semifinals game that also went long, too, two, I think, right? Back to back. Yeah. And were those the longest games of Root you ever played? Yes. yes yeah. And for me, that final was definitely the longest game of Root I'd ever played. I I didn't have the stamina I thought I would have. I'll tell you that right now. It's taxing. It's very taxing. Yeah. Especially on a platform like that. When you know it's broadcast Mm -hmm. and chat's there. And no matter how Mm -hmm. much people say, like, you don't think about it, you start to think about it, and then it just adds Mm -hmm. more kind of weight to what you're doing. And then you just hit this point, Mm -hmm. you hit the wall. And you're just like, Mm -hmm. Sam, I think think in your, uh, I think it was the last 20 minutes, when Nico was trying to figure out his thing, his turn, like if he could do it, and you were just like, can we please just get to it? I, I just want to go home. <laughs> and you just like voiced the <laughs> yeah. thought that everyone else had, like in those yeah. types of games. And it's just like, which is weird because uh, I always, I like TI, or I did a lot yeah. of TI. And those games go eight, yeah. 10 hours sometimes, you know? You play a game of TI, you know you're in your LGS until the next morning, right? Right. But I don't know, it's, it, you know, Maybe TI you get to rest more between turns. I think it's like that game is supposed to last six to eight hours. Yeah. It's like if you were playing Twilight Imperium for 18 hours. Yeah. Like, because it went, I mean, a normal root game, like a casual root game or whatever, is like two hours, right? Yeah. Hour and a half if everyone's like playing really efficiently, Speed right? Yeah, speed route, and apparently that's what I I was like. I'm always like, take your time. I've said it on the podcast so many times, take your time. But I was also the person in the tournament game being like, all right, what are we doing? <laughs> well, let's make a move here. Either do it or don't. Well, like, those are your options, you know? I think we're kind of assuming that a kind of average casual game of route is four-player. That's true. the final was a five-player five player game, and uh, 
Walrus Law, you definitely encountered five-player root in the semis uh, in the run-up, and you too, Sam. Um, did playing a high-stakes game of root at a player count of five like add more like challenges to that endurance? Because it just seemed to me like interpersonally, at least, like managing all those kind of table talk relationships just gets harder when you add another person into the mix. Did you experience that, Sam? Uh, yeah, I think I did. I uh, Definitely, it felt like... Uh, hold on. Spoiler alert. Nico GB won. He won the Root Tournament. Congratulations to Nico GB. A great tournament. A great final game played. Woo! Absolutely terrific player. Um, 10 out of 10 would play with Nico again in a non-tournament setting. He, he beat both of us, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was game? wondering that. I Yeah, yeah. On his climb to victory. Yeah, well, and yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna take out us, you know, you you should win. Yeah. Uh, that's how good we are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I did feel like I was trying to manage personalities, and I don't think I was very successful in the final because I was like trying to make a plea to Ominix to like we had been like combating most of the game and and sometimes in a room you're like oh that person's kind of like my enemy this game and not like an above the table way of course just like yeah in the magic circle it's like oh our factions are coming up against each other we're competing for a lot of the same clearings or whatever yeah um and I couldn't get Ominix to to join in my fight to like take down the other two and Nico was very good. Anytime Nico's name got brought up of like, maybe we should attack. He was always there to dispel anything, (laughs) even when it wasn't warranted, but he did a very good job of like managing him being a threat in that game. I will also say he had a very different play style in that game from the game he Mm -hmm. played against me and Francis and Mm -hmm. Love Shard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas like in our game, he was quiet. He was just like the silent killer. But in your game, mm-hmm. he turned on the table talk, and it was just like a completely different play style. And so it was really interesting wow. to watch a player of that caliber be able to do different things in order to get the W in the end. So congratulations, yeah. Nico. Yeah, absolutely. Another uh, fierce competitor we have to shout out is Aquaman Boss, who got to 29 points yeah. as the moles. Uh, we won't get into hashtag point gate too much here. Needless to say, there was a point missed. It could have been uh, uh, Aquaman boss. I feel like they both deserve to win. They both played amazing final yes. games at a great tournament from Aquaman boss. 10 out of 10 would play with Aquaman boss again. Yeah. yeah. And Ominix. And of course, um, rehab as well. 10 out of 10. All, all the people in the tournament. It was just such a great tournament overall. Um, yeah. I, and I, just to, to dig into the game a little bit, Sam, it, yeah. uh, it took place in the winter map. Mm-hmm. Uh, Best map. Big five Best faction walrus. Slugfest. Best map. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that's that's your favorite? You're, you're going to winter map? Uh, if you watch any of the games where I was first player, I almost always clicked winter map. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, nice. We'll go into it later. But yeah, yeah, I think Garrick will agree with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I was first to pick faction, which happened to me, I think, in four out of the five games or at least three of them i can remember i was last in turn order first to pick faction the moles were there on the table i had won with moles three times and i decided before the game that i wasn't going to play moles and i was going to really discourage anyone from choosing them and i i thought it might work uh of like just saying hey 
everyone, let's all pitch in. Let's make sure the moles have a terrible first turn if they're chosen. Everyone was like, totally. Cut to I was the only one who attacked the moles on turn one. So it's what, what can you do? You know, I probably should have chosen the moles and just like stuck to what I knew, but uh, I continued my trend. Every single tournament game I've ever lost, I was playing the birds. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I guess they're just my unlucky faction. I don't know. I think it's... Oh, I thought you had an incredible birds game, yes. Sam. You went for a no turmoil, uh, charismatic opening, kind of God of War eerie, mm -hmm. and just were like, come at me table and took over the whole middle of the map and i mean i thought you had a pretty dominant position there in fact there was a poll uh of all the viewers about maybe an hour a little more than an hour or so into the game and uh it returned the eerie dynasties as the faction most likely to win yeah based on your early game yeah. so i mean it must have seemed promising to at least some some viewers did you feel like you were in control for the beginning? I felt like I was in a good position until I started to run low on my warriors. Um, I guess I didn't put enough into battle. Uh, but then I... And I kept rolling zeros, I will yeah. say that. Like, there was, like, multiple turns where it's like I had... Uh, over the course of two turns, I had four battles. I think three of them I rolled to zero. So I just wasn't able to get the warriors off the board. Zero against uh, you. Right from the defender. Right. Right, right. And so I... I did have to get a little tricky with avoiding turmoil on one turn. <laughs> Bro, that, that League of Adventures might play, it just it blew minds. So, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was amazing. I did feel like when I was doing it, I was like, even if I lose this game, I gave these people what they came here for. <laughs> you know? Are you not um, satisfied? <laughs> <laughs> so to recap, for people who didn't see, I had three warriors in my supply and I needed to recruit four before my daylight. Um, but I was able to craft an item and the crafted improvement League of Adventurous Mice, which allows you to exhaust an item in daylight to initiate a battle or a move. I obviously used it to initiate a battle and was lucky that I didn't roll a zero to remove at least one of my warriors so that I could recruit them that turn. Yeah. Um, and I know I know everyone, I, I loved knowing that the four people conspired against me and it didn't work. Yeah. I think that was really satisfying, but it was still gonna be an uphill battle from there. The, the fact was everyone was racing and I couldn't really convince anyone to stop racing i tried my best but and they're right not to i mean the moles and the vagabond had a good race and they that was probably their best shot i guess i did convince nico that he had to attack the moles that turn but even still we saw it didn't even slow him down uh, enough to uh, buy us all another turn and nico I mean, was still able to pull it off he was still getting at least three points from infamy right right so of course, I wasn't going to slow yeah, down the Vagabond in his point scoring. Right. Yeah, that's like all the Warlord wanted was three points a turn, and Nico's like settling for it. And he really did make it feel like he, he, he very similar to you, Walrus. I feel like you were the only other person who really got in my head of like, oh, yeah, I'm not even like, I'm not worried about you. Mm -hmm. And that's the person I should have been worried about. Mm -hmm. as, a, um, as a premium... Uh, I know you're like a diplomacy player. Walrus Law, what kind of things did you notice in Nico's table talk in that final game? Um, like I said, he was a lot. 
Um, mm -hmm. Whereas, like, if you compared it to the game I played with him, where everyone else was a lot, and he was just quiet mm -hmm. and, like, very focused, um, here, mm -hmm. you could tell that he was the one trying to make deals, trying to direct table talk, putting attention to different people. And frankly, that's a big thing you do in diplomacy. Um, mm -hmm. Because you... Frankly, if you want to win a game of diplomacy, you come up with a plan that sounds reasonable for everyone. And if you're the one directing it, people go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do it. And Sam, if you look at the couple of games I did with the Corvids, that's exactly what I did. Same thing. You just go, all right, guys, we need to do this, this, and this. And everyone goes, yeah, that's a good idea. I do it. Mm -hmm. And Nico, I think that if if anything from like diplomacy, like that I've taken from it and put into root, Nico did that in his game. A lot of the times, yeah. like this, this, I can do this, I can do this. But then, even when um, he should have been hit, and it was time to hit the moles, every single time he's like, "Well, you guys should have been doing this. You're pushing it on me. I'm gonna do it at big cost to myself." When in reality, <laughs> it wasn't. Right. So. Again, yeah, wonderful I, play. Yeah, it was good. And um, yeah, and I feel like I, there were times where I was able to cut through it. And there were times where, honestly, the four hours was getting to me. And yes. I'm like, fine, Absolutely. whatever, you know. Um, and I, I want to applaud Aquaman boss uh, doing a huge relocation from his starting part of the map as the moles. Because we were talking, we're like, hey, get out of here. The way we're going to stop hitting you is if you leave this area and stop start bothering the badgers who we were also very scared of probably a little overly scared of it turned out i think um but this is something that we've seen kind of in the the theory channels a bit uh where the moles kind of turtle super hard right out of the gate by taking all their starting warriors and just going back into the burrow basically leaving the map and then digging a tunnel somewhere else somewhere a little with more space or with the right build slots or what have you and uh, kudos to Aquaman boss, because that's a very uh, counterintuitive type of strategy to go for, right? You give up your board presence. Um, you're just sitting on like a pile of warriors that are doing nothing uh, except surviving, I guess. And uh, this relocation, this great mole migration strategy ended up uh, being incredibly profitable for Aquaman boss. He was basically untouchable for a good solid three rounds maybe um it was just hard to access right he picked a great clearing to pop up and did a little bit of light checking of other factions and then just built up his own presence it was it was genius really well played yeah i mean swomol sorry smallmol right this was called smallmol is the term you guys have mm -hmm. for your resources are your warriors because Mm -hmm. You're either wasting your daylight actions, like getting more warriors out, or you have to move around. That's why everyone's like, what is it? Small Mole is like the new Vagabond, where it doesn't really mm -hmm. help you to hit them, but it helps you to hit them, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I remember, like, right before the tournament game, Marcus the Cat put out, like, his Small Mole 2.0 guide. And I remember he was asking people, do you guys ever do this, like, mass relocation where you get your warriors off the board? And people were like, yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Like, you know, protect them because you'll need them later. And as we saw, Aquaman did that. It was just like insane. It was huge for his yeah. game. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, so many times I'm like, I'd really love to hit them. And the Badgers were kind of uh, in a bad spot. We kind of overly policed the Badgers. And then the Moles were kind of nowhere, which kind of me and the Warlord were just kind of expanding as we want. The other faction was the Vagabond. So we had one that was like all in the borough. The Badgers we'd overly policed. The other faction is just a single pawn. So the Warlord and I were kind of stretching where we needed to. Um, a really weird game considering it was five players and i think the idea of the moles being like some kind of like faction that goes out and expands and hits and is a red faction it feels like no it feels like they're an insurgent faction it's it's crazy to see the kind of tactics and strategies that they've developed even over the course of what six months the winter tournament's gone on mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. i never thought that you just spend a card and put the tunnel down and not put the warriors out just to get you know a place for no warrior, but you can use it to sway. Just having the piece Whoa. there. That's, yeah. that's insane, you know? Yeah. And especially when you already have five cards in your hand, you discard one, you get another one, you don't run out of, you don't run out of cards. You can still sway your lord. You're right. It's insane. Right. It just shows yeah. how fluid the moles are in, in a mm -hmm. sense yeah. of design. It's a faction that's been released for a it's while, a too, time. and it's like we're still discovering new nuances and like different deficiencies inside the new meta with the marauders expansion and stuff too it's just yeah i um i think overall the conclusion to this winter tournament was in insanely satisfying um as a viewer and uh sam uh i'm very happy that i get to welcome you to the cool kids losers club yeah i'm home baby i'm home this <laughs> is really funny like how, it was just really sorry Go ahead. Uh, it's really funny like how every week sam's like i'm gonna be there I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. <laughs> so welcome home. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I I wanted there to be the Cool Kids Losers Club, and I honestly thought that I would be there to be like, hey, let's all talk about the games and stuff. And then I'm glad that uh, there was. And it was fun to finally join. And then I've just been like scrolling back and back and back and reading everybody's like kind of as people get. Uh, eliminated just the welcoming that they receive of people being like good game good game you know i i felt like that was really uh, a good sportsmanship moment from from the discord so um so if you are anybody but aquaman boss or nico gb go ahead and join the cool kids losers club it's a great supportive thread for friends <laughs> i think it's a great showing of the root community as a whole online mm -hmm. you know, how many online communities are super toxic or like gatekeeping oh yeah and mm -hmm. like in your guys's channel in the even in the woodland war machine channel and any other like root community online that i've found so far it's been amazing it's really you know, yeah. just good people yeah for real it's yeah. something about the game i don't know what it is maybe it's the fact that it's a brutal game about like cute creatures and if you can hold both of those ideas in your head then you're cool i don't know what it is we all read we all read redwall as kids so like, you know, yeah. it just brings out the good things in people for sure yeah, that seems right all right anything else to say about the tournament final before we kind of talk about some of the earlier rounds and the kind of like big shifts that we feel like have happened in the tournament anything about the tournament final uh i think i think kyle you were touching on the badgers a little bit do you want to comment on like kind of the over policing and stuff especially after you guys just released your badger guide yeah i i mean and this can kind of transition us into the more like broad view i guess of the tournament overall but i feel like we have seen it's 
basically incontrovertible at this point that the meta has developed where everyone's afraid of the badgers <laughs> and especially because they can score early and then they have they kind of have to right to clear out their area of the relics and then kind of move on and that early scoring or any scoring from the badgers just there's this reflex of like bash them stop them slow them down mm-hmm. and i think just like basically any faction in root except for the Vagabond. Um, it turns out if you have everyone at the table just suddenly go against them, um, that can end their game pretty good. We saw that a lot. Do you think that dynamic of having five people at the table policing the Badgers made it that much worse than if it was a four-player game? I think um, it has to. Yeah, definitely. Right. Even <laughs> even if all those players aren't attacking, I mean, just that many, just an extra player being in the way, uh, can be bad for Badgers. I mean, I I played a five player game, the IRL game I played before the tournament, uh, was a five player game where I was playing Warlord, and I was like, I can't score points in five player. There was there were pieces everywhere. It was very difficult, and so Badgers rely on ruling all these clearings and stuff. They only have 15 warriors. And so, yeah, if you have the wrath of four people on top of them also in your way, it, it, it was it was bad. I think, especially in the final, what scared us so much, I think, was that Corvid Planners. They had crafted Corvid Planners so they could move regardless of rules. So the idea of there being, like, all these pieces in the way didn't matter as much anymore. Uh, I still think we overreacted, but I think that was the thing that really spooked us. Yeah, on winter map especially, having a card like Corvid Planners where there's all those choke points, it's already a compressed space with a lot of, you know, factions that have a lot of warrior count. Um, Corvid Planners would have unlocked a pretty significant buff for the, the Keepers in Iron. Um, but you can't recover relics if you don't rule clearings, and you can't rule clearings without warriors. <laughs> and uh, they kept recruiting, and they kept coming right back off the board, it felt like. Yeah. And his retinue never really got off either. I think it max right. had six cards in the retinue. Mm-hmm. It was a tough time. So I think like generally why people are afraid of the Badgers is because they don't have the same kind of like punitive mechanism that a lot of the other factions have. Like with the birds, like I know people are like, oh, that's in a good position. It's hard to turmoil the birds, but it can happen. Like the you could work together to make it happen or or take away their roosts or whatever you got to do. It just doesn't feel like Badgers. It feels like once Badgers get to a point like moles... Once they get to a point, then there's no stopping that snowball from rolling down the hill. I don't know. A good God of War eerie decree almost feels that yeah. way too, though. That's this, true. This is something that I was wanted to ask you guys about, too. It's the idea of now, with Marauders, you have this idea of which fractions can actually 3v1. Mm-hmm. Which ones become scary. So Badgers have the burst ability to just mm-hmm. clean the game out. You have God mm-hmm. of War eerie. That just becomes this huge monster machine <laughs> that you just look at it and you're like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> you have the moles who, mm-hmm. if you don't touch early, then the same thing happens, right? Yeah. My semifinals game against Aquaman, who rolled mm-hmm. it with the moles, the same thing happened. Oh, yeah. did he? Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, it's this idea now of like these, these factions, which ones can basically 3v1 the table, and at what mm-hmm. time do they get that engine up? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to think about. Think. 
Yeah. yeah um, that position used to be occupied by the Vagabonds, mm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the Vagabond is still there a little bit. I don't, Despot Infamy really makes them not the same monster, I feel like. Yeah. I think They're it requires a lot more... You know, I, I think that Nico's win or when we saw Grey Gula win as the Vagabond, like there were like there was like a puzzle to solve that wasn't just slide and or, you know, slip and smash. Um, mm-hmm. And so even if the Vagabond, it, it feels like Vagabond's like in the middle of the pack now, as opposed to the clear runaway monster. Totally. Do you think the Vagabond's lost a lot of its entanglements? Entanglement? Because now we have DI, they're not scoring as many points. So people aren't hitting them as much anymore. That's a great question. I think, I think what I think there's a lot more aiding going on, which is interesting. There's a lot more questing for sure, but questing isn't really entanglement. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe we did lose some entanglement. I made this. Um, uh, I made this comment on the server the, the other day where I was thinking about DI. Because we were talking about the otters, and mm-hmm. how with ad set and how people can draft their hands, kind of first turn buys for the otters have really just almost gone away. Especially mm-hmm. if you look at the tournament, yeah. Um, and the idea of it bringing in ad set for the first time in like a major tournament, but then also making adjustments to the vagabond, we didn't really get a chance to see how does infamy vagabond interact with ad set drafting, and would that really mm-hmm. make a difference? So. Not to knock it, DI Infamy brought out a lot of interesting puzzles for the Vagabond. You didn't just see the Arbiter start rolling on Cat's buildings, turn one, and like destroying things, right? But um, it'd be interesting to see how does Adset actually work with the Vagabond without DI, so just regular Infamy Vagabond. I don't know. It'd be interesting right, yeah, that's, yeah I, I had a similar idea where I was like, we're playing all these games with the E&P deck. I was like, I haven't played like the new factions with the base deck. Uh, and so we played a game with it and then like turn two, I cra- as the Badgers, I crafted like a favor card and I was like, oh, well, that's right. Sometimes we moved on from things for a reason, you know? Um, and I imagine that an, a Vagabond with infamy that can choose their hand at the beginning could be even more deadly than before. So I don't know. But I, mean, I could see it going either way. But I mean, like, even with Despot Infamy, the Vagabonds that have the ability to, like, go hard in the paint, mm-hmm. they go hard mm-hmm. in the paint. Like, um, if we looked at Lord of the Boards round three game where he was the mm-hmm. the rats and then the, the ranger just assassinated him turn one and got five <laughs> points from it. Like, I, there was an Arbiter game I was playing uh, a few weeks ago and turn three, I was at 18 points just because I was just with despot infamy despot infamy I mean I had some great crafts and I got lucky getting the hammer and stuff like that but you can still do it yeah so I don't think despot infamy is that much of a nerf for those who are like really martial vagabonds right but I don't know it's something we have to play around with a bit more so. Are you saying yeah, you need to it's... nerf them even more? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm very much in the Jerem Curry camp of like, you don't need to nerf, you don't need to buff. Like, you should play them yeah. how they are and see how, if you can make it work. I think that's why I like yeah. the cats and the corvids so much. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, all right, so let's transition into that, <laughs> Walrus. You shattered 
many things that I claimed on this podcast to be absolute truths, right? The Corvids are the worst faction. The Corvids won't win. The Corvids can't win. Cut to our round one game. I'm with you. Don't know who you are. Don't know how much root you've played. Uh, I'm sitting at like 14 points trying to figure my things out as the birds. And then your turn starts and you just start flipping. And I go, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. And that was the most moment I ever felt where I was like, oh, chat right now. You know what I mean? Like, because I didn't say anything. The other two players at our table didn't say anything either. But I'm like, but they don't host a root podcast. Like, this is my fault for letting this happen. How talk me through your perspective of that game. What happened? Uh, <laughs> so to give a little bit of background on me and like the, the, the TTS community, I had yeah. joined the community like a week before that game. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I signed up to the tournament as like a backup, and Garrick was like, "I need help." I was like, "Let's do this." And uh, I remember <laughs> when I first like heard your voice, I was like, "I think this dude's on the podcast." <laughs> <laughs> um, which I want to say, you guys, um, you have you, the show is great. Um, my background is playing Root in our like IRL friend group, IRL friend mm-hmm. group. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we were doing crazy stuff, you know, the wild, wild west of a route. Like, it always <laughs> happens before you start meeting other people who are better than you. And yeah. um, and a lot of the stuff you guys did in your guides, they're wonderful. They're really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what was going through my head? Um, well, we well, you, had... like, chose the crows. What made yeah. you... I know that that's your favorite faction, I think, yeah, right? It is. It is absolutely so is, did faction. you just choose it because you like them? Or, you know, was there any thought of, like, hey, they haven't won a lot of tournament games. Should I really be playing them? I had no idea there were, like, root tournament stuff. I had no idea. I thought this was, like, the first <laughs> tournament ever. And um, so, like, uh, there was a thief pick. And then you mm-hmm. did... I saw you did Despot. Um, mm-hmm. Despot opening. Mm-hmm. And I, the choices I had were Ronin, crows, or moles. And <laughs> um, I hate the moles. I'm I hate terrible the moles with too. them. I, I literally have act, uh, what is it, analysis paralysis when I play moles. Yeah. I can play them, but like I sit there and I think I'm an idiot when I'm playing them. <laughs> and uh, I didn't want to do that on like my first foray into the tournament scene. And mm. um, so I, I chose the crows. Um, because ad set, I never, I, I played right. with, I play with old crows because we don't like the mm-hmm. Russian version is not available yet for, mm-hmm. um, uh, for like, you know, ad set and stuff like the Marauder faction. It's not available yet mm-hmm. in Russian. And, um, so I, so I was like, wait, I can get another plot at the beginning. I can start in four clearings. I remember you and I mm-hmm. had that little engagement at the very beginning when I chose like my little corner. And you were like, I think, I think the, I think you have to have two crows in that one plot. I'm like, it says here I can have four clearings, baby, to start. Let's do this. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I was just, I was excited. I wanted to do it. And then um, everyone hates, especially well before Rotter, everyone hates the interactions between Eerie and Duchy. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the most frustrating faction pairings in a four-player root game that I've ever encountered. Mm-hmm. I think Greg and I now agree that moles and badgers is quite frustrating mm. to play. Yeah. But now, but everyone knows the, the racing 
that happened in kind mm-hmm. of the Euro root mentality yeah. during uh, underground expansion. Everyone yeah. has the errors in their own head. We race. And um, when I saw that you had like zero cards in battle in your decree, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I think I can get away with this. Because <laughs> the moles are sitting in their one clearing, right? And again, me just taking that diplomacy mindset of we need to hit the Eerie, we need to mm-hmm. hit moles, mm-hmm. and that should give me enough room to do what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah, and you wow. did like so just like really identifying that that problematic interaction or that that interaction that we always spotlight uh, on this show. We've spotlighted it a bunch, yeah. um, and using that to kind of stand in the shadows a bit and play your own game. Yeah, and you were plotting like there was no tomorrow. Yeah. It's not like I mean you defended them as you could, but it was you were concerned about being able to flip and. Yeah, just just didn't count. Just didn't count. Uh, but you kept my brain away yeah. from counting because you, like you, I hate the moles. And so my main concern was losing to the moles. And that did take my eyes off the prize. It's so easy when you're not engaged in the moment mm-hmm. to judge. Right. You know, the armchair generals of Chad just sit there and start... <laughs> rolling their whiskey glasses and puffing on their cigars and oh well, I would have counted that and it's like I don't think you would have given the situation you know what I mean like yeah. it's it's a lot easy when you're not in the hot seat so yep it happens it happens yeah and you know yeah. you, you didn't know me you yeah didn't know that I could you didn't know that I like the crows a lot you know you didn't so right you had that and you had that kind of um, unknown effect just like if we look at the people who did some of the best in the tournament, they're kind of the unknown people who weren't really yeah. playing a lot of the online games and playing against other people. Right. So you kind of have this yeah. idea of like, I don't know who this person is as a player. Yeah. And I will say, no one was more grateful for your second win as the Crows than me. Because it started, <laughs> it shifted the narrative from me uh, doing something bad to you doing something amazing which i like a positive story either way but as long as this uh, as long as i can get that negativity <laughs> off me i was glad um but yeah like your second win as the crows was one of i think the best games of the whole tournament which was the badgers were a big problem and you you guys snare locked the badgers completely out of the game. And that was an interaction I hadn't seen yet. I'd seen it happen with the eerie in that famous game where the birds lost a bunch of points, but I hadn't seen it happen to the badgers. So I think that that was the first time a lot of people saw that interaction. Was that something that you had thought about before, or did you just kind of see it in the moment? That was my first game ever playing against the badgers. Just divine, yeah, divine inspiration over the board. Yeah. I'm... If you uh, if you watch that <laughs> game, if you watch that game, mm-hmm. like the turn before the, the snare lock happened, I, I I call out Garrick. I'm like Garrick, 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 and I'm like, does this? And I go, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's like, literally, I'm just like, it's start like the the gears are rolling in my head, and I'm yep. like, wait a minute. <laughs> Does this work this way? Uh, hey, let me look at your faction board for no, no reason. No, no, no. You can, if, yeah, I don't know if it's there. I don't remember. But, like, 
literally like the whole round, my my uh, cursor was hovering over his board, and I was just studying that board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, and I almost like blew it. I was like, Garrick, 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 <laughs> like please, like does this does this work the way I think it would stop? Yep, yep. No. <laughs> Let's just try it and see what happens. Um, it's funny you mentioned that no one was happier uh, about that second win than you. I'd say I was. Oh, yeah, that might be. I'll tell you why. Um, the first win was really bittersweet for me because mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. But then I read the chat afterwards. Oh. And it was like, oh, he just gaslighted his way to victory. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I was, it was just like, it was like one of those things where it's like my first time, like, playing and it was like you know like it wasn't because i was playing the faction well just because like table talk won me the game and so when i was sitting in the first seat second game it was very much like i'll show you all (laughs) like i'll show you yeah yeah you know so so i was really happy that 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 turned out the way it did yeah uh, that's great too yeah because i mean I mean, chat will say what they're going to say, you know, and we're just talking about like general chat. I mean, most people I'm sure are great, um, but it's always those like little things. I mean, when I played in like the first Space Cats Peace Turtles tournament game, uh, I was playing the Otters in the final and I was choosing to mill the deck and everyone thought this was a bad choice. They're like, all the coins are out. And I had counted and they weren't out and I drew the coins. And so it just goes to show, you know, like. Like you said, like, you don't know until you're in that moment. And sometimes in that moment, you can be more clouded than chat, but other times you're actually the one playing the game, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and you, you, you know better. So, you know, uh, it's great that you were able to tune that out and, and get your just deserved victory as the Crows. But then you didn't stop there, Walrus Law. Yeah. In round three, you won as the Cats, which was another faction that is ranked pretty low. I know Kyle loved the Cats win. I was obsessed with uh, it. Will... Tell us about your perspective in that game. Well, I chose Cat's third seat, didn't I? Um, mm-hmm. I think first choice, or like the fourth seat pick was something. Of course, it was something. I don't remember what it was, but I chose <laughs> Cat's. It was a it was a faction that just. Wait, we had we had a vagrant. We had moles. Mm-hmm. But, um, basically, it was on mountain map, mm-hmm. and. There weren't the crows, <laughs> so I was like, oh, "I don't want to play." I hate the moles, um, mm-hmm. so I chose cats because, well, one people are saying like you never pick cats like fourth seat, yeah. third seat, right? Like they're like, oh, "This is terrible." But then ad said you can cut off huge swaths of the board, mm-hmm. especially when you know that moles we picked, because who doesn't pick moles first seat or second right. seat? Um, and they need like one clearing, two clearings max. Mm-hmm. Yes, they can they can burrow, and they can smack you around, but cats don't care. Destroy mm-hmm. my buildings, I'll just build there again. Like, <laughs> um, especially with field hospitals, and then yeah. me. So, one of the biggest things I think is important for cats play is you have to curate your hand. So they're just like mm-hmm. the lizards in that sense. They're just like um, badgers. No, yeah. Probably, I don't play the badgers a lot, but curating the hand is really important because you either get the bird cards for your actions or the cards for your field hospitals, which you should employ every single turn. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think it was Nev who said it in his video where he's like, What faction do you recruit once and, or, yeah, but they can die like three times before they're actually dead? It's the cats. 
Yeah. You know, they have nine lives because of field hospitals. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So like, um, and then I just drew ambushes. And there were, there was wow. like a turn or two where I was discarding bird cards because I had four ambushes in my hand. I, cause yeah, I, I, I'm, I just found, looked at this game and I, a lot of it's coming back to me now, but I, I remember the, the thing I was very impressed with in your cat's play was specifically your positioning on the mountain map and the way you kind of like built this central presence, this kind of line of really, really fortified clearings, ton of building slots, just kind of reinforced that. And then took over the entire center of the map, this long stripe of cat's presence. Yeah. Um, that was so hard to fight back against. Yeah, thanks. Um, I was, uh, initially, I built in, like, the opposite corner. Um, I built, like, a recruiter there, because I wanted to have more sway. Um, there's a, there's a tactic that we all, we all do when we play digital, right, with cats, or at least we did. I called it the, the Great Wall of the Marquee, Mm -hmm. where you just build recruiters in, like, the kind of diagonal, on, like, that just, just, like, the, the line of demarcation. And you go, past this line is me. Stay away. Yeah. It doesn't really yeah. work, right, in digital, because the Eerie just, like, ball up a bunch of warriors, so then they have control, and they just move into your next clearing and just roll everything, right? And mm -hmm. in old, I guess, in digital play, it's not very effective, but I think in ad set, it's, it's a really good idea. You get the third recruiter out, you start recruiting, and then you can field hospital. You just have these tons of cats everywhere, which then you just move around and place buildings. But then I started drawing ambushes, <laughs> and I was like, he's playing, he's playing small mole, so he's not recruiting that much. If he comes and attacks me, I'll just ambush him to hell, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. no one can stop me. That's what I did. So I started putting, like, <laughs> double sawmill clearings, I, I built in the, in the uh, pass, because I was like, come on, just come at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, One, uh, yeah. come at me bro <laughs> and uh, did some bait builds I love it yeah, and with that, uh, with the Lost City landmark being in the past, I mean, yeah. that means every one of those ambushes works, and every single card in your hand can be field hospitals. Uh, Luke was really smart, and he didn't dig and attack me there, because mm -hmm. obviously any of, the, you know, any of those cards would have worked, but I just had two bird ambushes and the mouse ambush. So. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, that's brutal. Deadly. Or fox ambush. Actually, I think I remember... I field hospitaled with the fox ambush. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Cause, uh, cause yeah that's a tough decision to make when yeah. you have a handful of ambushes. Which yeah. one of these you gonna use yeah. for a field hospital? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was, it was. I just you know it was again it was curating the hand and then making it enticing for the moles to come and hit a big clearing. Yeah. At least that's what I had. What was in my head, and thankfully it worked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and. Then, obviously, you had the toughest job in the semis, which was... Walk me through your schedule here, Wallerswa. You you <sighs> stayed up late to play a game, yeah. right? How late was that? Uh, the game started at 1 a.m. my time. Okay. The game started at 1 a.m., and this was one of the three-and-a-half-hour, four-hour semis, right? Yes, that's correct. It was the game where I played right. the Otters against Francis and Loveshot uh -huh. and Nico. Yeah. Uh, so that game, and I, I'll tell you, Nico, Nico will drag out a game. He'll do it. Uh, he'll, and so you get to bed at what? 4.30 or so? I did not sleep. You did not sleep. What time did you go to work? 
6.30. Okay, so you're playing a game that lasts at least until 4.30. You go to work at 6.30, and then uh, immediately when you get home from work, you're playing another semifinals game? That's correct. So what time does that game start at? 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Okay, <laughs> so you haven't... I mean, did you sleep before the first game in prep? No, it was just a normal day for you. Yeah. So then... <laughs> That game ends at what, like 11, 10, 30, 11 p.m.? The second game? So that's, yeah, at the end of the second game. It ended <laughs> right before midnight. Yeah. It was four, so it ended around 11 o'clock time? Yeah, 11 o'clock. So basically in a 24-hour period of time, less than 24, no, 24, less than 20, in about 24-hour period, you played two of the longest games of Root at the highest level, having not slept for either of them and worked a full shift in between the games. Yeah. Yes. yes I, I mean... I'm nodding like that, it's like TV, and it's not. <laughs> so yes, yes, I did that. <laughs> that is... That's dedication. I'll tell you what. That is... That's... I mean, part of me is just really uh, excited to talk to you about this like idea of like, you're like, oh yeah, people don't rate the crows people don't rate the cats and you seem to relish in that what about is that is that how you do other things in your life or you just or did you want to prove a point by choosing those things or is that just i don't know what what's going on what gives you the right waller's law do you remember (laughs) do you remember back in like the um what year was it when the united states was in the world cup south africa Mm -hmm. 2010 2010 and there was that chant like, I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. USA, USA, <laughs> yeah. USA. And we were playing against some really amazing teams. So I just, you know, it's the like, yeah. underdog story. You know, I just yeah. I liked that a lot. You know, I was big in university. I was on our StarCraft team. And mm-hmm. everyone was like, oh, Terran, StarCraft 1. It's like, Terran, you have to do the bio ball. I was like, screw that. I'll do mech Terran. You know? <laughs> it was just, uh, so I just, I really like just the puzzle of it all. Like, can this work? Right. You know? And when it does work, how does it work? Mm-hmm. You know? And like, if you see the game I play, um, second, my last game, second semifinals game, mm-hmm. I played a Corvid's game where I only flipped four plots. Wow. And I, was, I ended the game at 28 points. And had wow. Overmorrow not just battled my raid token to like get as many points as it could, I would have won the game. I missed it by, because of that. So, and that's just something I'm working on with Corvid, so you don't have to do the kind of, like, hiding, flipping and stuff that you see often. Wait, you could have won with only flipping four times? Yes. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Were they big flips? Uh, No, it was um, one, two, three, four. So, was that nine points? Wow. Yeah, I think it's 10. 10 points. 10 but, points yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, you got 18 other points from craftables, cardboard. You get coffin makers? What'd you do? Um, was it so, mountain map? No, no, no. It was winter. Dang. Yes, it was winter. Um, because I picked it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you just, uh, Corvids have this ability to be wherever they want to be. Yeah. Right? Pros can... You just you, you recruit them wherever they want, and the crows have this innate ability to be to be able to attack and then plot in this now empty 
clearing. So you can actually play them where they stop the engine for someone else. And then you plot in that clearing with a, a large group of warriors. So then just every turn you're flipping. So the idea is, if no one touches your plots, every turn you do this, you're already starting your turn with an extra boost. Where we all know that you need at least four every turn to win the game in seven to eight turns, mm -hmm. right? So basically, this style of Corvids is you're, you're giving yourself coffin makers. And then on top of that, you're doing your battle actions or your crafting and things like that. So, wow. It's something I'm just trying. It's, I've been playing it a lot. Yeah. I've been pinging it off some of the, the root grates. <laughs> in, mm -hmm. uh, and, um, you know, we're just we're working on it. And, um, yeah, it was really exciting to see it almost work. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it yeah. did work. You can't deny that it worked because I feel like, I mean, especially you, but also other great Corvids games, including the first game of the tournament, yep. really have shattered the idea that um, we may or may not have perpetuated on this podcast that the Corvids can't win. I think ad set helps a lot with that, Absolutely. but also just this thinking outside of the box and, and, and learning like the ways you can make it work and not relying so heavily on the easy points um, is, is, but it's astounding. It's one of the best parts about the tournament for me is the faction parody that we've seen. And I think that we, uh, the community owes a lot to you for showing us how to do that on in that top level in that competitive play. I know I was impressed enough to be drunk and invite you on the show. Dude, so I love that drunk text. Uh, it was awesome. Like, all these guys, <laughs> it was, Cause it was, um, again, like remember that like these games are like late for me. Yeah. So like, um, what was it like a, a boozy brunch for you? It was like midnight my time. And I, just, <laughs> yeah. like, I was like talking to my wife and like, you know, we just finished dinner or something. And I checked the Discord on my phone and this is a message from, from Sam being like, dude, this was awesome. And I was like, yeah, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> That's great. And then to find out right. on the on the pod, to hear that you like you were like drunk, it was I was like, wait, I'm Sam's drunk brew text now? That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, well, when you do that, you absolutely deserve it. Uh, I want to ask a couple like fun, like root uh, questions for you here to close us out. I think we know the answer to some of these. Um, your favorite faction? Corvids. Corvids. What draws you to the Corvids? Is it just the fact that they're underdogs, or is there uh, anything else about the mechanics that you're enjoying? I really like magic. I really like sleight of hand and mm -hmm. illusionism, and like getting in people's heads. And I love playing poker. So yeah. the whole idea of like guessing the plots and these kind of, what is it? Is it really what it is? It just really appealed to me. And mm -hmm. yeah, so I just I really like the Corvids a lot. So. Nice. Do you have a favorite plot? Snare. Yeah, I thought you'd say it's snare. It's just it's underutilized <laughs> and trick. Yeah. The, the whole the trick ability is underutilized. Yeah, a hundred percent. I don't know when to trick. Uh, it feels like a waste of an action, but I feel like you know how to do it. I, I don't understand. Think about it this way. Um, you see this cat sawmill, like double sawmill clearing, and you see that the cats are kind of at that 15-point mark. They have like three or four sawmills out. You've plotted there. You have a face-up snare somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. You know, in a random clearing that's no one's looked at. Mm -hmm. You plot in the the double sawmill clearing for the cats, and they're like, oh, it's it's a bomb, bomb insurance. Oh, it's an extort. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, thanks for the cards. Give them here. 
you flip the raid that you've put there, and then you trick it out for the snare. Mm-hmm. Then on their next turn, they lose two wood. Right. You've put them a turn behind. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, and that's very true. Same thing. Like, you should never, never, please, any core player, never put a snare on a badger way station when you can just trick the snare there. Mm-hmm. You're just asking mm-hmm. for it to be exposed. So yeah. the trick is not as good for uh, unflip plots. It's so much better to get effects going for flip plots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way of thinking about it. Do you have a favorite card in Root in either deck? Um, Partisans. Oh, interesting. Partisans. They're just... They get around the RNG. And if you remember, yeah. um, or maybe League of Adventures Mice, one of these two. Mm-hmm. Um, because from a Corvid's perspective, they're very easy to craft. You can craft in your first yeah. turn. And Corvid's in the early game are very good crafters. Um, Partisans makes it so that when you try to eke past the finish line after your big flip or whatever, you just you don't need to rely on the roll so much because you just mm-hmm. battle. And that happens um, in our first game, Sam. Yeah. Uh, I had mouse partisans. You would put all your roosts in the mouse clearings, and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. easy, easy win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I always feel like that discarding the hand. I feel it feels like some factions can afford it, and some factions yes. can't. Absolutely. Um, like, lizards, you should but, never. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay away. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, especially as Corvids, you know, if somebody's attacking you and you have a face down plot, you could deal two extra hits. You know, yeah. if you've got three warriors there, you could deal five hits in defense is pretty good. I think that was talking about it. Somehow there's like a way that you can guarantee to lose seven warriors if you have partisans. Maybe that's like Lost City and you have the Infinity Gauntlet. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's a deterrent. Even mm-hmm. if you're looking at a mm-hmm. cat's player who has, you know, partisans, and like you look at attacking their juicy sawmills, but you just know you're gonna lose that extra warrior. It's gonna be this, this. It's it's a deterrent more than anything else. Yeah. Se- yeah. Other than that, I would say Sabo. Sabo is an amazing card that's like. Yeah. 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 You basically should just craft it right away. It, I think yeah. it's it's genius that it's a bird suited card yes. because I feel like so many the price of like, oh, it could be an extra action if you're the cats. If you're the birds or the badgers, you need that card. Everyone else is like, you know, it's just tough to know when to craft it and when to hold it. It's such a gentle crafting cost. Craft mm-hmm. it? Like in every way, it's like. I'm the easiest card in the universe to craft. Exactly. But you're going to spend me for my suit. Yeah, I know you yeah. are. <laughs> you should craft it as soon as you get it. Yeah. Because we, how many games have we seen now? Sam's your round three, right? <laughs> or was it yeah. semifinals? You got like six, eight points from Coffin Makers as the moles. Yeah. yeah. You craft it as soon as you get it because you can destroy Marine Broker for the Badgers or coffin makers for anyone you know yeah yeah eight points from a moles with coffins ma- yeah. coffin makers is just a crime and also, <laughs> i mean it was happening in the final game too yeah you got four points one turn coffin yeah. makers. 
four uh, points. There, there were 20 warriors in there, yeah. And everyone's like, oh, I don't, where are the Sabos? I don't know where the Sabos are. But then the <laughs> other big thing to think about is you craft Sabos turn one, two, and then when you get Coffin. Mm-hmm. So set it up. So yeah. I always craft yeah. it as soon as I get it. But I don't... Yeah, even with cats, I would do it. Even with cats. Yeah, Because wow. false orders wrecks you, so you just do it. Yeah. You know? So you protect yourself against false orders, you protect yourself, you stop someone from racing with coffin makers, and then you also protect your false orders. You're a coffin. Yeah. When you get it. Yeah. So craft it. Yeah, so you're, you it. you're right. That, that double benefit there is huge. Yeah. Uh, favorite map, you said, is winter? Winter, winter map, yeah. man. It's awesome. What about winter map? Is it just the symmetricality of it? Uh, I think for a certain extent, again, because, you know, we're with the translated versions of Root kind of a bit behind everyone else. So we mm -hmm. played on the winter map a lot, plus digital. Mm -hmm. Like, because it's mm -hmm. the random suits instead of the auto map. That's just like specific suits. Um, so familiarity, plus mm -hmm. it's an amazing chrome map. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So I like yeah well walrus law it has been a pleasure having you on the show Thanks this was a lot of fun i and i feel like honestly one of the best like the best strategical guest episode we've had like i feel like i'm we we covered some real uh in-depth tournament stuff and some really like high level stuff and and i'm really glad to have you on the show for that it was great i just want to thank you guys again for the opportunity it's um it's wonderful to if yeah. you ever need a guest again, happy to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely, yeah, for sure. Yeah, are and you accepting students right now? Because <laughs> <laughs> I did not get far in this winter tournament. I gotta, I gotta prepare for next uh, year. <laughs> uh, actually, this is something I wanted to say really quickly, Kyle. Um, please, whenever you, I know you're really busy with your music, chess, and everything else you have going on in life. Your analysis videos for the cats really helped me. When I was yeah. Learning. So, yeah. So, same thing. If you're taking I have my list now. I think so. I want to pivot into full game analysis. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that people are doing the uh, an incredible job of like breaking down the factions strategically. The thing that is missing in the root space right now from a like analysis perspective is all the interactions and the way that things play out over time. Absolutely. And just like being able to like digest a full game is such a like pleasure that. I don't get year round and I want to see, I want to see it on YouTube. I want yeah. to watch an hour video of somebody breaking down a full game, especially with uh, the presentations you do. Uh, I remember you broke mm -hmm. down a game, Fugless and some of the other like greats, right? And it was mm -hmm. you and Sam doing it. And I remember it was a lunch a couple months ago. I was watching it. I was like, no one's doing this right now. And mm -hmm. the yeah. amount of thought you put into it, like your analysis of it, it I highly recommend. I want to see more of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got my uh, my list now of uh, games from this year's winter tournament that seemed like the star games to to analyze and to break down. So they're on the list. Uh, I've got my summer break coming up, oh, yeah. and uh, that's definitely going to be top top of mind for me for sure. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think we got to do some kind of like summer invitational series where it's like maybe it's just like me jake and kyle are playing with a guest and we like live stream and like chat or whatever really and play a game or whatever and walrus law definitely you're on the short list for that uh if you if if we can get that together so yeah, we can make it work that'd be so rad yeah, yeah for sure 
Awesome. Thanks, guys. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, well, there's uh, there's one last thing we need to do, and that's for me to suddenly transition and to us yelling. <laughs> Rude! Rude! Rude!